Hey guys, welcome cast. Here we are, guys, in the middle of all the craziness. I feel like I've been out of the loop a little bit. A little bit. You know, I've been Just out for bit. two weeks and uh now I'm back and we're back in the saddle and it feels darn good. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You're tuning into the best doggone podcast in the country. And I don't care if people believe it or not. That's exactly they what just we have. haven't heard it yet. Exactly. That's exactly so. Listen, guys, go to the self truth.com and support our ministry. Get out right. there, uh, start buying yourself some merch, you know what I mean, and, and help your boys, right? We, that's what we're doing here, uh, getting the word out there, guys. If you're tuning in right now, I want to want you to comment right now where you're from. How did you hear about us? Whatever you want to comment, and then take some time to share this video. We've got a lot of cool things that we're talking about. I think what's unique about the ministry. And I noticed this yesterday when I was at an event with some friends, uh, we were doing some speaking there, is that we're not here to cap on the left. We're not here right. to do any of that stuff. Our works will cap on their disobedience, right? Now, I'm not saying don't call out sin. That's what we're called to do, right? But it's not the left. We're fighting a spiritual war. We're not fighting a, a war in the physical. It's spiritual. We got to get the answers from God first, then we act. Yep. You know what I mean? And guys, that's where we need to be right now. You know why most people don't act? Because they're spending too much time on their knees. And it was George Washington that said, the difference between the American Christian and any other Christian is they'd rather die on their feet than live on their knees. And so that's where we need to be is God will hold us accountable for what we know, right? That's what the series is all about. God holds us accountable for what we know. Righteousness, holiness, scripture, all that stuff come from him. And therefore, if we're supposed to walk in that, that's where we're talking about this. So guys, if you have not subscribed to us on YouTube, Get on our YouTube page, Self-Evident Podcast. You guys can be a subscriber. Uh, again, if you've not become a part of our Torchbearer Society, you need to be a part of that as well. we got a bunch of stuff on our website, theselfevidenttruth.com. I'm excited to be back. Folks, come on, comment. Where are you at? Where are you from? Share it with your friends. I, I want to talk here. I want to get engaged come here, guys. On, come on, people. If you're on YouTube, say hi, YouTube. All say, that crap. say something nice about Croft because yeah, Croft is yeah, the amazing yeah. guy. We have him. He's a rolling. Richard's a traitor, but we still love him. Exactly. Actually, it sounds like Richard's doing well at his new location, his new job, his new career. But he is a wisp. We have comment from August Lightfoot. He says, what's up? So, guys, again, share this video with your friends. Get it out there. We want uh, more people to tune in, sign up, all that crap. So here we go. We are doing more and more and more uh, live. We, we actually just got back. Uh, I was on vacation for a little time. I was in Tennessee. It was very awesome. Great time to be there. Guys, if you have not been to Pigeon Forge, please go. It's amazing. It's a great time to rest. I got back, and then we had to do an event. We spoke with uh, Doug Billings, uh, Bill Fetter, who's a mentor of mine. Uh, we spoke with uh, Pastor Greg Locke was there for a, a couple hours, I think he was. Very kind, nice guy. Uh, you know, short. He's about as tall as I am. I was Is like, you're, I said, you're short. <laughs> he goes, I get that all the time. <laughs> And some other wonderful patriots, man. We had so many people. There was the lady who put it on is actually running for, I believe, state senate or uh, congressional seat. So it's very awesome. Darlene did an amazing job. Thank you, Darlene, for inviting us out. Uh, Swaffer, you guys check her out on Facebook. Um, we have people running for city council, like Gloria Tucker. Go to her mm -hmm. Facebook. I don't care if you hate her. Go comment on her stuff. Seriously, <laughs> you need you you, you want to go comment on who this woman is a woman of integrity. She, she's a powerhouse. Powerhouse, too. right? And she's all of five foot. Is she 4'11 or something? Something like that, but yeah. she'll bowl you over, man. She, she will. She, so, guys, we got amazing things happening in our county, in our city, in our state. Guys, we have hope. Hope, it comes from God. It cannot be taken away by human hands. If it can be taken away by human hands, then therefore it never came from God. There you go. And you're you're recognizing that people are are they're fighting the battle and they're standing up and people are waking up. There's been a lot of movement in terms of school boards and CRT and all of that. There have been resignations. There have been people getting chased out basically because parents were done. They're sick of it. And there's more exposure to what's going on in the school systems, which is great. If you think about five years ago, nobody really talked about curriculum or what was in the school school systems. It was very low key, but now it's it's yep. all over, which is good. Yep. You should know what's being taught to your kids. Even if your kids don't go there, right. you should still be defending the kids of the community right. against this type of crap. Right, right. Also, so, guys, there's more people running. Uh, Amy Pritchett, uh, she's she's running for school board right now. If you're in our local area, you want to check out her stuff, go to her Facebook, Amy Pritchett. There, there's just solid warriors i see jan on here and i thought we we're trying to push her to run for something jan 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 we need you jan jan your powerhouse on. jan come on come on jan please please just do it just do it peer pressure works <laughs> everybody pressure tell works, jan, jan it's time to run which 
Massey, you know what's going to happen next is people are going to start yeah. saying that to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut up. Don't do it. <laughs> so, guys, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to cover. And again, if you're on Instagram, thank you for two. Man, we got some Instagrammers. We got some YouTubers. Praise God. Here we go. This is great. Guys, comment where you're from. I love seeing where you guys are from. And I'm kind of waiting a little bit because I want the numbers to go up. And there's a reason for that because we just get throttled a lot. And yeah. so, like, when we're doing a live, it's great. But when we're not doing that we get throttled pretty pretty crazy so that's hey that's... nancy how are you micah you're here uh oh jansen i'll update you thank you Jan. <laughs> you will be the first to know that's that, awesome that's why we we want you guys to share we want you guys to put this information out because we've got to beat the algorithms we are not what the social media platforms are looking for but that's okay because we're going to beat them at their own hey, game. It doesn't cool. matter. Where the Lord is, that's a majority. That's exactly right. So. I just did a, I did a live video when I was gone uh, last, what was it, Friday, I think it was. And it hit. It took off. It was like, it, was, it had legs. But when it comes to our podcast, for some reason, uh, it, it, would, it, it will take off on one. We hit some controversial issues. It won't take yeah. off. And it's just weird. So, guys, keep sharing the videos. Uh, we love your support. Thank you again. Again, I spoke yesterday with... Um, I spoke yesterday with uh, Doug Billings, great guy. You guys should check him out. He's, he's got a podcast called The Right Side. It was a radio show, actually. Uh, what, dude, what a testimony, right? So we're going to be on his show. Praise God. That's that's exciting. Um, also, we spoke, uh, like I said, Greg Locke was a great guy. Super kind, uh, down to earth, salt of the earth kind of guy. You'd think, yeah. you know, he's kind of, no, he's just a sweet guy and uh, very kind to people, prayed for people, just a super guy. Uh, Bill Federer is always, what a, what a I mean, you know, yeah. he's, he's, Bill's amazing. He's a, he's a walking encyclopedia. I aspire to be that. You know what I mean? But right. then we had some of the coordinators from Moms for Liberty out there, which were amazing. Um, we had Kathy Chamberlain. She wrote a book called The Rules for Deplorables, which was kind of a spinoff of The Rules for Radicals. Uh, great lady. You know, super tough. <laughs> She's a little bit more... Uh, uh, she doesn't use choice language, you know, or she uses choice language, put it that way. But I love her. She's a great lady. Uh, but then some other patriots, man, from 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 uh, Seattle, Washington and just different places. It was one of those events where it's like, you know, we have a lot of talk, but you're seeing people get engaged and active. And that's what was cool. So it's cool to be a part of it. We're really excited to be in those in those realms. So, guys, again, uh, thank you for tuning in. We got some stuff to cover right now. So yeah. why don't you get right into it? Yeah. So. Let's go to the news bits. We've got one because this series is a little bit more in-depth, a little bit longer conversation. So we're cutting back the news bits for this series. Um, but we've got one just this is kind of fun for me. Uh, the the whole J6 protest. If you haven't heard about the J6 protest, this was supposedly going to be this massive groundswell protest about the January 6th um, Capitol trespassers who were arrested and have been getting held really uh, indefinitely. And there's been controversy about how they're treated. Yep. But uh, mass media and the government of have been course. promoting this idea that this is going to be this big, massive thing and all of that. And you had Trump and Roger Stone and other conservatives coming out saying, it's a trap, it's a trap. I think of Admiral Akbar in Star Wars, it's a trap! And <laughs> so, well, the conservatives listen... <laughs> We should right, add that right, as, right. a, as a that's a good dip, one. That's right? a good intro right there. <laughs> so let's go to slide one. Let's see these protesters. Boy, they look like just your average run-of-the-mill, standard issue, casual right-wing protester, don't yeah, they? Yeah, dude, they look like Trumpers. Don't have they? you ever yeah. met a person who supports <laughs> Trump? Everything they have on is Trump. Look at those guys. <laughs> They've got the matching watches. They've got the business socks, you know, with their uh, shorts on. They've got the crew cuts. They Boy. got off the, the limo bus. You know what I mean? The party <laughs> right? bus. Exactly. They are not supporters of this. And you can tell, dude, it was it was totally almost staged. Fake. Right. Very right. fake. And, and, and the whole idea is um, it's so crazy how propaganda, how manipulation, how fear will be used against you to make you and silence you to shut up. And it's an old tactic. It's an old tactic to push you up against a wall when you have no knowledge. So the best thing to do is when you get yelled at, every person who's at least a Christian or has some kind of a conscience or a common sense, when you get attacked, your first reaction is, no, I'm not. So they put you in fear and they automatically make you where you're the, you're the, you're the one attacking them when they're attacking you. And it's an old Alinsky trick. If you read Rules for Radicals, guys, I know you guys have heard of the name Saul Alinsky. You need read, to read it. You have to read that book because it is literally a demonic playbook. He actually dedicated the book to Lucifer, if you didn't know that. But this is what Hillary Clinton studied under, Barack Obama studied under. Any socialist knows this book, and this is their plan, to destroy private property, destroy religion, all these things. They use these tactics to come against you. And you have to be armed with the knowledge, armed with the spirit of God, 
armed with the 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 our weapons of warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, arming yourselves with the, the armor of the spirit, right? right? And you need to be ready with that stuff. And if you're not, you're going to get taken aback. You're going to be on the defensive instead of on the offense. Again, the gates of hell shall not prevail against his kids. Right. They can't prevail. And, and what I love was that the conservatives responded to this whole thing properly. Uh, they didn't show up. There were very few that showed up. And... They laughed at this whole thing. There were only four people arrested, and one of them was actually an undercover officer dressed yep. in Antifa garb. Um, let's go to slide two. Conservatives are really good at memeing. And so this is Abercrombie and Snitch. I think this is the new promotion <laughs> movement for Abercrombie. This is really the direction they're going to have Fed to start Boys going. Edition. Right? <laughs> Fed Boys Edition. That catalog is coming out in the spring. Be watching for it. You have to have the same haircut, shorts, shirt, and watch um, to get on the fashion train. But this is something that I really appreciate is that conservatives either didn't show up or they were very mm. they were they were nonviolent. And nonviolence is actually, it can be useful. If you look at the civil, civil rights movement, what happened was there was this nonviolent approach. They were saying, we won't react with violence because that just gives them the fuel. And it makes them Crazy. look even worse when they oppress us. And it was the same thing in India. Gandhi, Gandhi's whole thing was nonviolence. Now, part of that was because they were disarmed. Gandhi was the one who said, look, weapons. Weapons are the most important thing, right? But they didn't have them. So what they did was they did nonviolence. And and Gandhi pushed forward this idea that through nonviolence, through through will, through seeking out a a resolution, you can still get done what you need yeah. to get done. Uh -huh. And I th I yes. think especially the civil rights movement, which was led by ministers, by men of the faith, yep. they pushed, look. We don't react in violence. We let them show how bad and evil they actually are by oppressing us and being violent against that, us. So, so that brings up a solid point. I want everybody to listen to me very closely. Put, the, put your eyes here, okay? Listen closely. What's happening right now in America is not Pharaoh flexing his muscles. What's happening right now when they're doing these mandates and stuff like that, the reason why this is happening is God is exposing how evil and wicked this is so that we can get back in there and turn this thing around. It is not against us, folks. If you see this through the spiritual lens of Christ and the spirit of God, you're saying it's for us right now. What's happening is they're exposing themselves in their wicked agenda so that we're awakening. That's why you're seeing patriots everywhere right now. Did you see that protest in New York? Dude, yeah. everywhere people are waking up. It is coming against them. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. God is waking the people up. The majority is ours right now. And be awake. Be encouraged right now, man. It's great. This is a good time right now. God is answering our prayers. That's something that's hit me a lot is you're not alone. And I think a lot of us tend to think I'm alone. There's nobody else that thinks this way. There's very few. No, there are a lot of you. And the beautiful part is these these protests against the vaccine mandates, especially in New York, a lot of the people were saying, it doesn't matter if I'm white, black, Asian, it doesn't matter if I'm Republican, Democrat, Christian, Muslim, Jew, whatever. Come on. Our rights are what matters. And all of these people are uniting around rights. So you're going to actually find that you can unify Dude. with other people who you normally wouldn't because both of you understand yep. Yep. how important and fundamental your rights yep. are. Yep. Can I tell you something Pastor Greg said when he was preaching? He went off on this 30 minutes. He didn't even look at a paper. This dude just went off. You know what he said? The most fertile ground right now, right now, are the MAGA stores, the, the Make America Great Again stores, the Trump stores. He said, you'll meet a lot of Americans who are not Christian. They believe that God gives rights, but they're on that cusp. And that dude, I'm getting a witness. They're on the precipice right now of understanding this Jesus who died for them. And it was so encouraging to hear that. It was like, you know what, dude, you're right. I'm always thinking, let's go to the world. Let's go to the right. dude. They're right in front of us. They're bred for us. They're right here. And how many Trump stores are there everywhere? Everywhere I went in Tennessee, there was a Trump store, right? So we're in there talking to him about whatever, Christ and stuff like that. But like, they're all over the place. And he goes, they're ripe for us right now. In other words, don't be discouraged. Now's the time to preach because when it's darkest, people freak out. They right. need they need the light. It's when Pastor, they wake up. Pastor Todd talked about peace today, right? That peace that comes from Christ, that, that whole no, Noahic story. When it's talking about Noah and the dove bringing in the, the olive branch, how funny it was an olive branch, and that's what we know as a symbol of peace. Hey, we're, we're coming here as a covenant of peace, right? 
Now's the time in the destruction, God will offer peace. So here's where it's at. Let's get active about it, man. So let's go get them saved, and then let's disciple them on the Constitution where the rights come from. This is totally right now, Christian, in your favor, right now. Absolutely. Fertile ground. And let's go ahead and head into it. Why? Because if you want to take advantage of that fertile ground, and you want to be the most of what you can be, and be active in the sense of, you can take control of what's around you, of your environment. You can be in charge of that. You can you can actualize your potential. That's why we're doing this in the making series. And today we're talking about spirit. And it's so important to get spirit right. Your personal spirit, to, to develop that, to move deeper spiritually. Because if you don't do that, you'll get off. You, you'll go in the wrong direction. And the basic tenet of that is, are you accepting of Christ or not? Are you, are you following Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior or not? You can right, do spiritual right. things, but if you're not following Christ, right? He said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. That's exactly No man it. may come to the Father except through him, which, which you have to pay attention to that because Christ is automatically putting down for you a yes or no vote. There is no third option. There's not. He has said, either you accept me as the only way to the Father or I'm not. So when you get these people who say any way goes to God— they have to get through Christ first. They either have to That's say, right. no, he's a liar. No, he's mistaken. Or they have to say, no, I have to go through Christ Messiah. to get to the Father. Yeah. So once you've made that step, then we start to talk, what about developing your spirit? Because there are a lot of Christians who they make the step and they say, I'm good. No more. What else do I have to do? Yeah, faith by its very nature is active. It moves you. It moves you to prayer. It moves you to fasting. It moves you to, to pray for others. It moves you to compassion. It moves you to benevolence. Faith, by its very nature, sees the injustice. And as a matter of fact, if you're born of the Spirit, the Bible says in Isaiah that Christ was a man of righteousness and a man of wisdom. The branch out of dry ground, the whole root of Jesse thing, he was a man of righteousness and a man of justice. Justice for the oppressed. Those who are walking in the ways of God and were being oppressed, just like the children of Israel, were doing nothing wrong except serving their God. Pharaoh got freaked out. He's raising up and coming up against them, right? Because he said, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. Listen to this. Pharaoh was afraid that they would upend the kingdom because of how numerous they were. Listen to that, folks. 535 members of Congress and a president. They're afraid of you, 330 330 million of you. Listen to that. This is literally Egypt right now. God is delivering his people through each one of you. There's no one Moses that's going to make that happen. It is the Spirit of God through Christ right now that is making it happen. He is awakening the consciences of Americans, and it's awesome to see. Is he using some unlikely sources? Yes. Is he using some crazy folks? Absolutely. So was John the Baptist. So was Isaiah. So was Jeremiah. They were crazy-looking dudes, right? The whole thing of Jesus is crazy. Wouldn't you think if you're going to bring the Messiah that he'd be some good-looking dude who would come in on a chariot of fire saying, I'm the Messiah here? No. He came in as a man with no reputation. Listen to that. No reputation. So that means your ministry shouldn't even be your focus. It should be the souls of man. That should be the focus, not your ministry. One. Two, he comes in on a cult. Yeah. And and he he came from the backwoods. There you go. It would be like us having Jesus come from the, the woods of Alabama. The, the most le- least likely place possible. And Christ was not considered good looking by any means. He was just a normal, typical guy who comes through and is the Messiah and threw everybody off. Yep. But yep. people who paid attention to his fruit, paid attention to who he was, they realized that's the Messiah. Yeah. Andrew just joined. He said, did you see the college games? They're all saying F you Biden. Yep. Yep. He's right. He, obviously, the language is not condoned. but the, look how the fed country up. is fed up with it. Look what's going on, guys. This is where now the consciences are awakened. Not everybody that fought in the revolution was a Christian. Right. Okay. But there was an opportunity. We all had a common morality. They understood at least the last six of the 10. Benjamin Franklin actually wrote, I think it was in the Falmer's Almanac. He was talking about this in a testimony or something like that. He was saying that the average person at that time heard over a thousand sermons in their lifetime. They heard over a thousand sermons, Christian or not. It was constantly preached in the streets. Jesus is alive. Jesus wants to save your soul. You know, obviously repent of your sins, those kind of things. And so God is on the move right now. And it's, Mm -hmm. look, it is so simple. God's putting them on a silver platter for us now. 
Now's not the time to quit, guys. I'm telling you, California, don't lose hope. I am saying to you right now, I'm I hope I'm right about this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I believe what just happened will be exposed in 2022. God's gonna move on that state. I hope I'm right, but I feel like in, in the spirit, there's prayer that's going on in that state that God will redeem that. He has to. God's faithful. He will show us the victory. Yep. And listen, this has nothing to do with your successes. This has everything to do with your faithfulness. Like at the end of the day, we talked about this earlier, right? Self-evident, whatever we do. If that was never here, I'm still a Christ-like child. I'm not naked before God anymore. Christ yeah. covers my I'm Christ's. He is mine and I'm his. He chose me. That's, that's enough for me. All this other stuff, this miraculous, watching the country change, that's icing on the cake. That is the work of the Spirit. And God is doing his work, man. So guys, keep praying, keep believing, keep having faith. God's moving. Right. So let's get into this, the Spirit. So last week we talked about um, the, the soul, right? And we covered truth, which is being honest and accurate with yourself and others. Responsibility. This means taking responsibility for everything you need to. It's time to stop blaming the world, guys. <laughs> and everyone else for your problems. It, if you say, but they, to that statement, <laughs> if you say, but they, you're not taking responsibility strongly. Shots enough. fired. Right? That's fine. I'll shoot the shots. <laughs> shots Come fired. on out. Come on out. Because you know what people say? But what about, but they, you're not taking responsibility. Does that mean other people have responsibility? <laughs> other people have responsibility, but what is yours? If you are so focused on everybody else's responsibility, you're not focused on your own, yep. which means you're not taking responsibility, which means you're a victim. If you're a victim, you are in a, you're not in a position of power or control. You're in a position of being acted upon. We need to stop being a victim. So take, take responsibility. Oh, wrong pipe. You are, in fact, <laughs> avoiding responsibility. <laughs> Discipline. Without disciplining yourself, you're going to wither away. You will never complete these principles. So now we're going on to the spirit because it's something different. The spiritual section of you, this is your metaphysical portion, if you will. This is the connection to the Holy Spirit. And I've got some verses that we can run through at any point um, that really talk about what the spirit is. But Galatians 5, 19 through 24. Notice what it's talking about. It's talking fruits or the, 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 the production of, the things that will come from this, right? So the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, yep, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, yep. hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because they're following the flesh, which the flesh is encompassed by the soul and the actual body. They're following the desires, the emotions. They're following what they want, their pleasures, right? Let's look at the spirit. What are the fruits of the spirit? Which means these produce in ever greater measure. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Come on. Think about those things. You want more of that, right? You want to produce that more. You want to develop that more. And that's why we're going to talk about spirit, because it's so important to get these principles right so that your spirit, it, it produces more. And the beautiful part is it's the Lord that produces it, but you have to create fertile ground. Yep. That's a relationship. Massey and I have talked about before. There's been times where like people, I grew up being hearing one of two ways. You have to do it all yourself or you can't do anything by yourself. You can't do it. God's got to do all of it. Which for me, I ended up thinking, okay, so I have to sit on the couch and not do anything because I can't do it anyways. Yeah, so, because it'll be works if I do something. Right. Then I'm doing work. So I can't, Gosh, I have man. no part in this. I can't do anything. So Lord, change me. And then when the change didn't happen, it was like, okay, God's forsaken me. He's gone. Where is he? Yep. Why isn't this changing? You're right, right, right. And you almost learn to be spiritually lazy because what happens is you depend on something Okay, it's uh it's 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 this idea that God will do everything for me. He's already done for you. Right? When when the the when that's talking about uh not of works lest any man should boast, right? That that scripture, not of works lest any man should boast. It's talking about if you do something to 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 help your salvation. Like it's something that you did to get saved, right? Once you're a child of his, 
he changes your nature. I am so sick of looking at posts that say we just have a fallen nature. And so we're just going to keep, I'm sorry, that is not true. The Bible says that he's given us a new nature. We're born of a new incorruptible seed. And that, listen, that is, it may be foreign to some of you, but you're now born of the spirit of God who cannot lead you to sin. If he does that, he is a liar, right? So if you're truly born of the spirit, God changes your conscience. He changes your nature. He changes your tongue. He changes your mindset. He tells you to renew yourself. He tells you to go pray. The spirit of God makes unctions and groanings for you. The Bible says we have an unction from the Holy One. It says in first John that we know all things. Therefore, we have access to all things by the grace of God. Romans, it says in Romans. So when he changes me, it changes me to do what he did. When he went out to go heal the sick, cleanse, uh, uh, raise, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, right? Go preach the gospel. He said, freely you have received, freely you give. God changes you so that you can be an agent of his, which is called a disciple, the root word of discipline. I am now discipled by Christ. When I run to him, when I read his word, when I'm in prayer, if you're reading his word and you're in prayer and you don't have any fruit to show of it, I'm sorry. I would highly ask Christ to see if you're his yet. If you're truly been born again, not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying, have you been born of the spirit? Because you can accept Christ. But when you're not born of the spirit, there's not a new nature. There's not a new. The spirit came to give us life and that abundantly. It wasn't just to change my insides. It was to now make me an agent of Christ's. Whether you're an intercessor, whether you're a prayer warrior, whether you're a healer, whether you're a worshiper, whether you're a preacher, a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet, whatever it is, an, an apostle, you're a builder of churches. All of that is done through the spirit of God, not by your flesh. That's what it's talking about. And and the, the place where you come into that is to say yes. I think that's so important because I think what we decide is God's going to act upon us without our voluntary yes. But it really is about our yes, whether it's our yes to saying to, and our three principles here there are more, but saying yes to prayer, scripture, and obedience. Why? Because he just talked about, look, you can pray and you can read scripture and not get anything out of it. James says, look, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer. Right. Why? 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 He said, he that is a hearer and not a doer is like a man that looks at his face in the mirror and forgets straightway what he looks like when he walks away. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty abides in him. When you look into the perfect law of God, you're saying, Lord, I want to take that on in obedience. I can't forget because when I look in the mirror, I'm not looking at me. I'm now looking at the representative of me who is Christ. He now is in front of me. He's my advocate. He's my defender. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. He's my high tower. He's my strong. He's all of that. Now, he sends the Holy Spirit because the Spirit now is what works within us, with our spirit, that we might be called the sons of God, it says in Romans 8. Therefore, you can't but obey. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to screw up, but your heart, when that happens, listen close, when you do mess up, when you feel like, man, I blew it there, Lord, your heart should automatically go to, Lord, I am so sorry of that. I don't want to do that again, Lord. Can you give me another shot at that? Or, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. I failed there. It's a repentant heart. It's not a, oh, I screw up, but God will forgive me. That's a sure sign. There's no love there. I mean, imagine that with your wife, right? Oh, I sorry, honey. I sorry, hit I cheated on I, you. I, 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 I cheated on you. Uh, yeah, you'll forgive me, right? Because you love me. And what what we're discussing in this whole thing is is that division between the soul and the spirit, right? So what happens is the Holy Spirit communicates with your spirit, and then it it's up to you to allow and grow that communication that flows through, and. I think a lot of times what happens is you see a Christian who they're born again, they love Christ, but there's this just stalemate that happens. And part of this discussion is to help break through that stalemate because you'll get people who will come up to you and say, yep. I just, I don't know, I'm not hearing God and I, I, I don't know what's going on and I'm not feeling him. And <laughs> we all understand that. But immediately my questions are, okay, how much are you praying? How Truth. much are you reading scripture? Truth. Almost nine times out of 10, probably 9.5 out of 10, I get, well, you know, not all that much or, yeah, I haven't really lately. 
this is something you can do. If you're feeling like stuck or you're feeling like, I just want to go deeper spiritually, these are active things that you can pursue in order to be able to grow that communication between you and the Lord. Yeah, my car doesn't work, man. It's all messed up. Yeah, when's the last time you checked the oil? I don't know. Uh, Wait, you do that? You have to do that? Do you put gas in it? Maybe, I guess. If you, I mean, seriously, a relationship legit is built on communication, trust, and love. Right. Right? Love for the other person. When you have Christ, all you want to do is communicate, Lord, I need more of you. And you feel so nothing without him. Like, not a depravity, not a a condemnation, a, a... I'm nothing without you, Lord. I, I need more of you, Lord. What did Peter say? To whom shall I go? You have the words of life, man. Yeah. I got no one to run to except you. I mean, that should be the heart cry of every Christian. I got no one to run to except you, God. And, no one. And think about if you sat across from your wife and the only times you talked to her were for about 30 seconds before your meal. <laughs> what kind of relationship is that? So this is why prayer is so important. Oh, man. Think. If, if the only time you talked to your wife all day was 30 seconds before the meal, hey, uh, Melissa, thank you so much for this food. Um, I really appreciate that you take care of my kids. I love you. Amen. And then no more words. No, no more communication. Okay, I'm going to go do my own thing. Is that a relationship? It's not. It can't be. It's not even, it's not even close to a relationship. We've now lost this word, almost like we've cheapened the, the, the worth of Christ to a relationship. Instead, it should be a union. When I'm married, man, I am with her for life, thick and thin, better for worse, no matter what. I know God will work all things out together for good, even though I know they suck right now, or I don't understand why they're happening right now. Lord, this doesn't make any sense. When you look back on all the trials of your life, he worked it for your good. There's no way you would have done it. I, sometimes I look at the, the, the bad that's happened in my life. And one of the reasons it happened was because I, he didn't want me to go that way in that direction. And he stopped me from going that direction. Yeah. Do you understand? I was, I was actually thinking about just as a bit of a trail, but I was thinking about, so I was reading a book and he was talking about how sickness was coming over him because he was making a decision that the Lord did not want him to do. And it, it connected with me of when I was younger, um, there was a situation that I was in that. I wasn't even following the Lord that closely, but every time I would put myself in that situation, I would get deathly ill, (laughs) like mono. I had mono twice. They always say, you can only catch it once. No, I had it twice and it was bad. That was the COVID. It it probably was. It It was was COVID. COVID. Yeah. Um, Because there is no other sickness besides COVID. That's right. There is only COVID. AIDS is gone. COVID's here. Yeah. COVID solved AIDS. You didn't know. (laughs) We should make that a shirt. (laughs) Oh, who's not, got the guts? We are not demeaning the effects of COVID, folks. We're having a laugh here. Crying who's out got loud. the guts to wear that one? By the way, you who are watching right now, share this video. Come on, guys. Get it out there. Get it out to your friends. There's more. What we're doing here is showing you scripturally. We're a ministry, folks. We're not just a patriot kind of group. We're not a patriot organization. We are a ministry. We're here to deliver the word of God and building you as men and women of faith who can walk in. Listen to me, men of women of faith, of faith of faith in Christ and hope and love and joy. And that joy should transform everyone around you. Again, if someone can talk you out of your joy, if circumstances can talk you out of your joy, it never came from God. And why would another rabbit trail, and we'll get back to the spirit, but why do we allow bad things to blackmail the joy of the Lord? Ooh, look at you with the right. zingers, bro. Right. Dang. Um, and and C.S. Lewis talks about Share this the video. in the sense of, you will not let hell blackmail the joy of heaven. And people will be, well, how can I have joy in heaven, you know, knowing other people are in hell? Why is it we decide that the, the sadness, the, the negative is more powerful, more important than the, the positive or the beauty, right? The beauty of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is so much more overwhelming than the bad Dude. or the negative. Do not let the evil rob you or blackmail you of the joy and peace of the Lord. There is hope that you can always walk with in the Lord, no matter what happens. hundred percent, dude. So I want to read a couple of verses because these, I think, are really important to understand the idea of prayer. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Get this. Give thanks in all All circumstances. circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Principle number one in prayer. 
always give thanks in every circumstance. Philippians 4, Dude, 6, pray 7. continually. Right? Pray continually. Like, like, Todd and I were talking about this for a minute. We were like, why, why are we... It's like, is it... I pray... We're constantly meditating on the things of God. I'm not saying there's not time for quiet time. But it's like, we have to make it a point. I got to stop for 15 minutes to go pray in a room. Pray continually. Or... All the time. He is in me, and I am in him, and I abide in the vine. Right. And he's always talking. Andrew just wrote this. It's amazing how many times uh, we don't realize that we're prompted by the Holy Spirit. Right. You're right, Andrew. Right. It's so many times we're prompted to go pray for someone, lay hands on someone, go preach to someone, pray for your own family, and we don't do it. You know. And if you're in a prayerful position, if you're in a prayerful life, you're opening yourself to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit to do what the Spirit's asking you. That's why this is so important, to continually be in prayer mode. And prayer mode does not have to be, Our Father, thank you so much for <laughs> gracing us. It can literally be, Lord, I'm... You know, I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm just, I'm really struggling with this thought of what's going on at home. Father, I'm just, I'm wondering, what do you have for me, Lord? Conversation. The, yeah, some of Lord, the best show prayers, me. some of the best prayers yeah. are that humble, down to earth, just like, like we've talked about Richard. Like Richard, it is, he is literally just talking to the we Lord love you, like they're sitting in the car next yeah, to each other. You should hear him pray, like how he does. He's like, Lord, you know what I mean? I just don't want people to think this way. I want them to honor you because. You're awesome, Lord, and you're great, and I want everyone to know. And that. we're not even mocking, like that, no, that's, that's exactly it's how beautiful we, way. And it's 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 a it's, it's a beautiful thing when you hear him talk because it's like he is literally talking to his friend, his father. It is the yeah. coolest thing to watch, and that's a deep relationship. It is, man. So Philippians four six through seven. Do not be anxious about anything. Okay, so be anxious about some things. Be anxious about most most things. No, no, do not no. be anxious, anxious for anything. Anything. Why? In every situation, again, in all circumstances, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Notice, we always talk about the peace of God will transcend, right? All understanding. But we forget that first part of well, how do you pray? In all circumstances, in all events, in everything— Prayer and petition Dude. with thanksgiving, <laughs> then you'll have the peace. So yep. we have to make sure that our prayer life is full of thanksgiving and gratitude. Where gratitude resides, bitterness cannot. It can't. I think that's where it is. Thanksgiving actually does something to you. It changes how you view the circumstance of where you're at right now. Uh, thankfulness changes where your heart goes negative into Christ's realm. Where Christ doesn't see negative, what he sees is opportunity. Christ sees, I can be, I can now pour my spirit into that situation. I can now bring peace into that situation. I can now be the overcomer in that situation. I can now show him things I couldn't show him before. The Bible says that Christ wants to show us things to come, right? Now I can do that now that they've submitted and I will put peace in them. The yeah. Prince of Peace is Christ. He is not just, he's not a peace. He is peace, peace. period. And, and one thing that, that you had had a revelation about that's really kind of changed my prayer process is when you have something you're struggling with, let's especially a sin, there's so much freedom in being willing to get before the Lord and say, Lord, I love this. Oh gosh. Like that that revolutionized me. And I know it revolutionized it you of like sitting down <laughs> and actually admitting to the Lord, Lord, I love this. Guys, yeah. He already knows. Be honest with him. I think we say, well, I am honest. Lord, take this from me. I don't want this. Why is this yeah, in my do. life? You love it because every time of course you, want you come it. back to it. That's right. It's like a dog <laughs> returning to its vomit. That's exactly what you want. You have not crucified that part of yourself. So when you go to the Lord saying, Lord, I love me. I am selfish right now. I am full of pride right now. I want pornography. That's what I was dealing with yeah. more than you, more than my wife. I want this. Lord, this is not kingdom. This is not Christian. This is not godly. This is not holy. But can you change my heart now, please? Because I need you. Man, there's something powerful about submitting to the Spirit of God. And, and it's, it's, uh, he changes you from the inside out. Like You can conjure it up in your head. You know, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to think like that. I'm going to die right. to that promise right now. There's nothing like when he does it in here and it's quiet and you can't explain the words you used to put to it, they're not the same anymore. Right. You can't even put it into words what he's done in your heart. 
it changes your whole perspective. It's totally the difference between modification and transformation. Absolutely, right? dude. It, which which we revive has been very influential in that idea of you're not modifying. Let the Lord transform. And uh we're we're talking about this communication, right? Hearing from the Holy Spirit in order to be able to develop your own spirit. Because when you come under alignment with the Lord, when you obey the Lord, that produces fruit. Yep. Which prayer is one of those steps, right? Prayer, a humble prayer. Think about that. A humble prayer. Not a prideful, Lord, thank you for making me not like that guy or that guy. I'm so thankful. I am righteous in you. Dude, you know how people, I've seen this a lot in the Patriot movement, you know, Christians will say it like, man, I just wish God would just get rid of the wicked. You know, there's so many wicked people. Do you realize if he did that, none of us would be alive? Right. Thank We're you. all wicked. Without Jesus, man, we are wicked people. And no Christian would want wickedness to be wrought unless they were saved. Do you realize that's why he tarries so long is because he wants people to be saved? Right. Because he loves them that much. Even if they choose hell, he died for them. See, when you're Christ, you're like, I don't want that wickedness. This is why it's like so. I said this at the event. We've done colleges before. We've never videotaped them. Do you know why? Because we're not out to own the college kids. We're not out to win an argument. We're out to win their soul. This has nothing to do with being videotaped and putting it out there. We've had some heavy debates on college campuses. We've had some fun times out there. But we do that because we want Christ to save their soul. This has nothing to do with winning an argument. Arguments don't win souls, folks. Truth and the Spirit of God does. Repentance. And we need to be there. If, if you can truly see through the Spirit of God's eyes, right? He's out to win people not a political movement. He just loves righteousness and justice. And it's not through a political movement. It's through his spirit that he brings freedom and, and, and liberty. See? And that's a humble Difference. position. Um, this is a warning. A prideful, the prideful will not properly spiritually appraise. They will hear themselves, actually. They'll hear their soul, their will, their desires. So there are plenty of Christians who in their pride, believing they're listening to the spirit, but what is actually taking place is their will has overtaken because their pride is overtaken. It's using a megaphone to drown out the spirit. So oftentimes this produces in a person a sense of superiority, self-righteousness. Look, it's the humble who are going to weigh out something. They'll discern something. They will with trembling deliver a hard word as opposed to immediately moving forward as soon as a single feeling is felt. A prayerful person takes something, weighs it out with the Lord. They're praying over it, not emotion, move forward, okay? So what will happen is if you're closing off this prayerful connection and you're, you're using a form of it, the pride will take over and, oh, I felt that, that's what I need to do. Now, as, as soon as you get this feeling, this direction, you pray about it. Now, you may, okay, Lord, is this what you want? Lord may say, go, I need you to go. Or the Lord may say, wait, let it develop. And, and that's where that humility of, Lord, what would you like me to do with this comes into play? Dude. Because if you're seeking the Lord and you're humble in that, the Lord may say, that's not of me. It's not. Right? And, and so therefore, you, you push away the pride and you, you're humble before your king for your God. You're going, Lord, direct me on this. Let's get into scripture a little bit because we got, we got about 15 minutes. So 2 Timothy 3.16, everybody brings this up, and I'm going to because I think it's important. All scriptures breathe out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Notice this, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Psalm 19, 7 through 11, the law of the Lord is perfect, perfect. reviving the soul, reviving the soul. Notice that, reviving your will, you, your personality. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. You, you rejoice, your heart lifts up is encouraged. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, 
enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Listen to that. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them is great reward. You see that double-edged sword? You're warned by it, the word of God, not to walk in the ways of dis disobedience and unrighteousness. But yet when you obey it, man, there's nothing like that peace with God. I think that's where we mess up. In, a, in American Christianity, we have now learned to equate peace in worldly things. And so the world's voice has kind of adopted into the church a little bit. Allow me to explain. We think that when everything's going good in our life, that's the peace with God. It could be so chaotic in your life where you're being persecuted, you're being beaten down, scorned, ridiculed, all those things. But your conscience before God is like, Lord, I am now. Look when Stephen was stoned. Yeah. And they stoned Stephen. The scripture says they stoned Stephen calling, calling upon God. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. In the midst of being stoned, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He was at peace with God because he knew he was obedient to God. Nothing was going right for Stephen. Nothing was going right for Paul when he was shipwrecked, beaten, uh, naked, buffeted, when he was beaten up, in other words, when he was beaten twice within the inch of his life, 39 stripes except one, you know what I mean? Those kind of things. But the peace was with God. I could die and I'm done. I know I'm with God. I've run my race. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. That's that peace he's talking yeah. about. Something, and this is something that you and I should discuss at some point is, what I find interesting about that is all of those events there was never any record of Paul, Lord, what are you doing? Why is this happening? What's going on? <laughs> it's only the thorn in the flesh where Paul's like, please take this from me, Lord, please. Otherwise, shipwrecked, beaten, stoned to death. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> also to Romans 7, when he was talking about, oh, wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the body of this death? You know, he's, he was crying out to God, but it was more of an example. Right, right, right. right. So it was never a, a question or position of, dang, I screwed up again. Dang, why is this happening, Miller? Dang, I don't understand this, Lord. Why? Blah. You know what I mean? It was always just, he moved forward. He totally did. Lord. And it was like, even through the mess, even through his screw-ups, he went to God saying, Lord, but I'm yours. So, Lord, where I screw up, you need to change me, please, because I want to be more like you, Christ. I want to look at every circumstance and situation and say, Lord, no matter what, you're for my good, right? No matter what change comes in my life, and I hate even praying those prayers, Lord, you're for my good. You're for my good. You're for my good. You're for my family's good. You know what you're doing. This is what makes me, okay, let's get real here, okay? Let's kind of go down this trail for a minute. I, when I was gone for that eight days, I realized something. He could take all of this, but I'm his. Isn't that to be more desired than gold, sweeter than honey? Isn't that what we're after here? That at the end of our days, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So he's not even going to talk about just what you did. Are you his is the question, right? Because we saw what works can do through Noah, Moses, David, right? We've seen ministries blow up. Catherine Coleman's, the, the, uh, John Alexander Dowie's, the, the, the Cowpers, the William Cowpers, the Billy Sundays, the Charles Spurgeon's, the John Husses, the John Knox's, the... You know what I mean? The D.L. Moody's, the, the Finney's, the Wesley's. We've seen what God can do. We've seen it through self-evidence. Some cool things have happened through your life, right? Through ministry, through revived church, all these things. But at the end of our days, isn't it Christ saying, well done? You did what I wanted you to do. You are Christ's. He didn't say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. He said, come unto me. It's your mind now. You're received with me in glory. This is what's so cool about the Paul thing. He never had something called Paul Christianship Ministries come at 7 p.m. We look forward to having you, 10 bucks at the gate. That's a modern system. That's okay. I'm not condemning that, right? I'm saying he never had that. He just went and preached yeah. and raised up disciples and did what Christ commanded him to do was go and make disciples of all nations. Are you discipling others? You'll know a fruit of the Spirit, right? You'll know obedience. You'll know all these things growing in the Spirit. When you can give what you've learned to other people, he then begins to grow you in that leadership. He right. begins to grow you as a spiritually mature person. And one of the ways that, that we weigh that out and, and can weigh out, okay, what is the Lord doing? Where is the Lord at? What's he, what's he telling me to do is through Scripture. Scripture becomes our guide 
our guide, really. It's our guide. It's our path. And what you do is you take scripture and you can weigh things that happen or things that are spoken to you by it because it shows you the character of God. It's not just here's the series of what God can do and anything outside of that God can't do. It's a series of accounts and examples of what God can do. And so you have two different kinds of word used in the Bible. There's logos and rhema. So logos is it's truth, it's foundational, it's written down, it's 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 placed on the table, it's there. Rhema is active. It's spoken out. It's it's present speaking. And so you have to do both. What do you do? You take what's rhema, you weigh it by logos. Yep. If, if you're questioning, okay, is that the Lord? Is it not? You weigh it by logos. What's the character of God? And that's the beauty of scripture is you learn the character of God. It's so important to be in scripture because what happens is scripture, it renews your mind. It tells your soul where to be looking and where to be obeying, what to submit to. And so when you read scripture and you pray on it and you pray to the Lord, you're using both of these. It's just like if you were away from your wife for a very long time and you got letters from her. If you want to know her, you're going to study those letters. You're going to read over them again and again so that you can respond. So scripture is, is like that love letter from the Lord of like, right. this is who he is, you know? <clears throat> yeah, it was almost like a, a, a way to stay liberated was the word of God. It was to show you that no matter what, even through every human who is fallible, you can still be free in Christ. That you can find freedom through sin. You can find freedom through disobedience. You can find freedom uh, through saying you're not gifted enough. You can find freedom in the fact that you sold out your, 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 your birthright, but yet he can still use you. Uh, all these things, right? You can't, you can't out-sin God's grace. Right. That's what's so beautiful. It's like you can't out-sin his grace. His grace is so powerful that it will overcome sin. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That should encourage anyone listening to this podcast. This is why it's not impossible to say abortion can end in this country. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If he can take two and a half million people, and actually 6% of that, and fight against a superpower and win, why can't he do that through us? We talk about it a lot. Why, why can't he use Gideon in the, in, in the 300? Why? Why could he use David in his 300? Why could he use Joshua and soldiers marching around and then yeah. shouting? Why could he use Jehoshaphat and the worshipers? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's the point. Therefore, no sin, no circumstance, right, can overcome you. The peace of God that is within you comes from him. If it robs your peace, it's not from him. And that that shows the value of scripture because scripture gives you who God is. It gives you all angles of God. And it also gives you truth, which you can rely on. That's why we meditate on the scriptures, why we, we find joy in the scriptures is because it's truth. If you don't have a, a, a detailed map, you don't know where you're exactly, going. Exactly, 100%. But the scripture is your detailed map. And yeah. so you follow that, you, you look to it, you pray on it, you meditate on it, you, you absorb it. So that way you know where you're headed and where the Lord's leading you. And these examples help to flesh out who is God. It's intimacy with the Lord. I think that's why when you look at this whole system, like you who watch this podcast are probably watching because we talk about government. We talk about all these things like obeying God and seeing God move and all these things, right? You can only build your spirit. By obedience to God, you hear God more when you're obedient to take that step. He gives you more as you go. If you think about what's going on in America, guys, listen close to me. If you think about what's going on in America, do you realize we're wrestling against a defeated enemy? And we're freaking out about what the left is doing. We're freaking out about what government is doing. When those that don't have Jesus Christ because of their fruit, you can see it in their fruit. We're, we're, we're fighting against a defeated enemy. God already knew this was going to happen. That's what puts me at peace. doesn't stop me from fighting. I just know who wins in the end. Right. He'll That's win. what's so cool. He will win the day. That's why I have hope and peace. That's why when I think about these things, I think about God is going to win this thing. Why not believe for it now? Why not? So let's look like fools. Do you think John the Baptist didn't look like a fool saying, here comes the king of the Jews. He's coming now. A, a guy whose shoes are not even worthy to unlatch, right? I can't even touch this guy's shoes. I shouldn't even baptize this guy. But this dude is coming to save your life. 
remove your sin? Can you imagine that? Or Jonah, right, saying to a whole nation, repent before God and even making the animals fast? That's crazy. You have to hear something that's beyond you. Why can't we proclaim the victory of Christ now and see him move? Because he's done it before. That's what makes this so awesome, right? And you were talking about obedience, which is our third principle, is, is obedience to that, right? And you can either get on that train or stay off it. The Lord's going to win either way. But this is your chance to get on the train, to be a part of it, to to become part of that relationship. And if you want to decay, if you want to be apathetic, don't obey. I think we have it stuck in our head that it doesn't matter what I do, the Lord's going to yank me through, Come on. right? But if you want to have a productive, abundant life, it means abiding in the Lord's will, which means obeying, submitting to what he's called you to do, submitting to what it not doing what he's told you not to do. Right. And look, I'm not just talking about obeying the 10 commandments because it's immediately where everybody goes is, okay, so I have to not steal, don't cheat on my wife and uh, don't have any idols in my house. And then I'm good. But I'm talking about obeying what the spirit is telling you to do. 10 commandments. That's, that's just beginning stuff. But the beauty of it is you fulfill it when you love the Lord. And you love your neighbor as yourself. Come on, dude. You're fulfilling all the commandments. Why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. What's fear? It's doubt of the Lord. But when you're following in perfect love, you're following in perfect obedience. And so when you walk in that obedience, you're giving fertile ground for the Lord to be able to nourish and grow that fruit that you want out of your spirit. This is why it's so important is because that in obedience that that obeying and submitting is vital. 100%. It's totally vital. And so it, like I was saying earlier, I didn't understand that part of it because I had been told too many times, the Lord will do it all himself. No, the Lord will, will finish the work, but I get to say yes to it. Come on, dude. I get to <laughs> obey to it. I know, bro. I get to say yes or no. That's right. And you get to see God move through you, man. That's what's right. cool about obedience. Why not? Listen to me. Why not? Why not? Why not you? That, that's what's so cool. If you read in Jude 117, he says this, but beloved, you who ought to remember the words that were spoken before him by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, the ones who went before them in faith, the ones who built the churches, right? That they saying to you in the last time, there will be mockers following after their ungodly lusts. Listen, there will be mockers who follow their ungodly lusts. Listen close. So they're disobedient. They don't understand Christ. It says, these are the ones who cause divisions. You're not supposed to listen to them, right? They cause divisions. They're worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. They can't even recognize the Spirit, because the Bible says that the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit, because they're spiritually discerned, right? Spiritually appraised. Verse 21. I'm sorry, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build your faith? Praying in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a different tongue than yours. The Holy Spirit is an overcomer. He's a victor. He does not see you where you're at. He sees where you're going. He sees as heaven sees, right? Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is seeing in the, in the kingdom realm, not where we're at now. That's why I can say of a surety, he's going to win the day. It may not be us, and we got to right. be okay with that. What if our kids are supposed to do it, right? right. Ooh, I got to save that because that's Wednesday and, sermon. And obedience to, to go along with that. So you're talking about division and dissension. I know we're, we're getting on time here, but division and dissension. You want to know why that happens? Lack of obedience. Oof. Lack of submitting to the Lord. That's right. And it happens all the time in the church where two people, they have a conflict. They start getting at each other. The spirit doesn't divide. It unifies. And so if you're submitting and obeying to the Lord, you're going to look to the Lord as something greater than just that conflict between you and somebody else. When somebody tries to create division in the church, it's not of the Lord. That's right. It's not. That's where gossip ensues and all these things right. because they're doing it their way, not God's way. That's the only place that this comes think, from. Think and, and think about the, the original division was in heaven. Ooh. Satan, Satan and his angels. Satan and his angels disobeyed. 
because Satan got prideful. And so therefore he decided his way was better. And I think sometimes we disconnect ourselves from yep, that. Yep. But when we start to cause division within the body, what we're actually doing is saying, well, I, in my prideful state, know better than what the Lord's doing. And this means submitting to the authorities that are placed over you in terms of your leadership. You may not always agree with your leadership, but the question is, do they have the vision from the Lord, or is the Lord giving you a vision to do your own thing? If the Lord's giving you a vision to do your own thing, he's not going to bring you out of there through division and strife and dissension. Dude, right, right. And if that comes, it won't be coming through you. Right, right, right. I, I, I won't, I, w- I want to end with, I don't know if you're going to end, but yeah, I want to end yeah, with this. we can roll this out. So, so. This is where I want us to get this now. Again, share this video, guys. There's a lot of hope in this. There's there's more hope than hopelessness. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, we can do this. No, I'm saying we can do it in Christ, right? But I was reading Psalm 73, and I want you guys to read this with me because this is going to put your heart right before God. This is called obedience. This is where David was wrestling within his own soul. Okay, watch this. Psalm 73, verse 1. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who put their who, who are pure in heart. Surely God is good to his kids, us, right? Those are appearing hard. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. Listen close. My feet came close to stumbling. He said, my steps had almost slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I saw them prospering. The wicked, man, they were just doing good. It's like, why am I even fighting? My feet almost slipped, he said. Watch. For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. They're not in trouble as other men, it seems like. Seems like they're doing great and where the righteous are suffering, right? They're not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace and their garment of violence covers them. Their eye bulges from fatness and their imaginations of their heart run to riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. Hello. They speak from on high. Hello. They have set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue parades through the earth. Most powerful man in the earth, most powerful man in the nation, they say, the world, speaking this crap. Watch this. Therefore, his people return to this place and waters of abundance are drunk by them. They say, how does God know? God isn't seeing all this. How does God know? And their knowledge is with the most, is their knowledge with the most high? Behold, these are the wicked and always at ease. They have increased in their wealth, right? Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. I'm done fighting. Surely in vain I'm fighting against this, he's saying. My feet almost slipped, he said. Watch this. For I have been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I will have betrayed the generation of your children. When I pondered to understand this, there was troublesome in my sight. But watch this. Until I came to the sanctuary of God. Until I came to God. Then I perceived their end. I saw their destruction, he said. Surely you have set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How are they destroyed in a moment? They're utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when aroused, you will despise their form. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you, for you have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me and afterward receive me to glory. This is what I'm talking about, obedience. When he said, I'm not going to let my feet slip, I'm going to go run to God. This is now where he's building his most holy faith. He's building his spirit now, right? Whom I have, who, who have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength in my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. Those who have destroyed, you have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I've made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your wondrous works. Peace comes from God. He said, I almost slipped. I was almost envious of the wicked. I almost was like, whoa, man, the wicked are prospering. Why don't I just join them? Why am I fighting against these things? And he said, but then I went to your sanctuary. Then I saw what you were going to do to them. I get it, Lord. You see it all. That should give us peace more than anything. Because David still fought. He was a warrior. See, he was still a warrior. But it wasn't his strength he was fighting in. He knew that with the lion and a bear. He knew that with Goliath. It wasn't his strength. It was a strength from above. 
That should give us hope and encouragement, folks. Psalm 73. And notice the step that he takes is, I almost slipped, but then I went to the sanctuary of the Lord. When, when you are sitting in the sanctuary of the Lord, when you are praying, when you're in Scripture, when you're obeying the Lord, you're in his presence, and therefore you're not going to slip. You can't. You can't. And you will recognize things more accurately. You ever been away from Scripture or prayer for a while, and the world just... You, you get disillusioned by everything around you and you're seeing sideways. And then you come back to scripture right. and prayer. You humble yourself back before right. the Lord and you start to see it all more clearly, more accurately again. That's why it's so important to develop your spirit through these types of principles. Now there's more, but these we really feel are, are very important. Prayer, scripture, and obedience. These are the things that, that grow and strengthen and deepen you spiritually yep. Yep. to where the fruits can be abundant. The fruits of the spirit are abundant in you. And that makes you more significant, more effective, more powerful for the Lord. Amen. And it's it's an intimate Amen. relationship that you're building with him. So got anything else? Guys, it's all about obedience. It's all about building yourself in the spirit. Building yourself in the spirit is reading your word, prayer, and obedience. You can't, without all three, you really don't have a connection with God. That's what we're trying to say here. This is why for us, we do have hope because right. I can't have it outside of God, folks. I can't even tie my own shoes sometimes without God. I'm not playing. Like there's times where it's like, Lord, I can't do anything. Well, man, when he puts the spirit in you, right? I got to, I, I sent my wife this quote, this guy died in 407, right? Uh, and, 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 and I want to read it. And it explained everything I feel inside when I preach because it's so right and real, man. Uh, I was, it says this, the statement defines, like, it says this preaching improves me. When I begin to speak, weariness disappears. When I begin to teach fatigue also disappears. This is John Chrysostom. He died in year 407. One of the earliest preachers of the faith. There's something about when you give the word of God, there's a faith and a boldness that overcomes you. It may not even be in you, but it's like, man, there's something that overtakes you. It's called the spirit of God. When you have that, you can't but have joy and peace and love and life. Life in Christ. You can't but speak life in people. You can't but have love for people and to want to see their soul redeemed to God, right? This is why um, it's, there's mornings I wake up that are tough. Yeah. We, we talk about it, but it's like throughout the day, I'm like, Lord, you've totally redeemed me here. And you put us on a course that's impossible. That's how I know it's the Lord. Go change the nation. That's impossible. It's him. Absolutely. That's why. So guys, next week, we're going to be talking about the body. That'll be our final installment in this series. We're going to talk about the body, um, the physical aspect, as well as the, the spiritual connection aspect. Um, it's, it's something that is really important, especially in today's, today's world. So be sure to check out our other platforms. Check out 1776truth.store. Check out theselfevidenttruth.com. Subscribe, sign up, share, like, leave comments. Let us know where you're at. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. But until then, guys, know that we love you and we want you to grow in Christ. We want you to, to be able to be a powerful vessel for what he wants to do. Cool. And there's nothing better than submitting fully to the Lord and being a vessel for his work. You will feel so much satisfaction and joy in that process. So until next week, Next Sunday, 7 p.m., I'm Mike. I think I'm Massey. And we will see you <laughs> next time, guys. Guys, we love having you, man. We're back. All this right. is awesome. All right. Till then, we love you guys.